2: Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're gonna follow me on Twitter. It's Friday, January 5th. We'll be taking a look at some GPP strategy for the Week 18 Sunday slate on DraftKings. So hit that thumbs up button first thing in the door. I'll wave those dummy thumbs at you. Hit that like button. Hit the subscribe button. Hit the notification bell to know when we go live. Join with me for for the, the fi- last Friday. I mean, I maybe we'll maybe you'll be on for some playoff slates. Maybe. Some coming up these coming Fridays, but last of the regular season, it's John Breslin, Squirrel Patrol. Are you a big fan of week 18 NFL DFS?
3: Not really. Uh, It's actually, I think my first six figure NFL win was actually at week 17. um, A few years ago, it was actually, it was awesome. I was going on a family vacation and we flew out. I think it was uh, maybe the day before new years. We flew out to the Cayman Islands. Um, And I actually entered my lineups like ahead of time, was editing them on the plane for like for the one between the one o'clock and four o'clock games. Landed like met up with another family, and the, the other husband is like watching my phone. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, I just won a hundred thousand dollars on <laughs> you know an NFL game. Um, but so like, despite the fact though that my you know one of my first big NFL wins came in like the last week of the season, I I'm not a huge fan. There's just so much unpredictability, um, and it, it always seems like we know more. Then we do, and then they start playing the games. I guess that's true every week. But you know, in I think in in week 17, week 18, we like talk ourselves into the idea that like, oh, this guy's going for this like contract incentive, and this team is this team's gonna win because it's playing a team that doesn't need to win, and then just everything goes awry. Right. It's it's one of those weeks that people think they know when they
2: really don't know. There's there's so much fragility into a lot of these situations. they are gonna be teams that are sitting a bunch of people, there are teams that have nothing to play, teams that have nothing to play for, but they still decide to play, right? Yeah. They still decide to give it their all. There are teams that have nothing to play for and decide to not give it their all. There are teams that have something to play for that even so, they just lay it down anyway. Uh, you could tell from the totals, you know, which teams have a little bit more in- incentivized to win. Uh, the, the only thing on, on this late, we have a, a lot more news Uh, headed into on, on a Friday, at least we'll get more today, more tomorrow on like what the teams kind of plan on doing, at least like major people that are sitting in general. Uh, And that's going to lead to a lot of condensed chalk. I mean, on this, on this slate, uh, I mean, CD lamb is going to be in like Ceedee lamb. This is the construct. This is what's going to end up happening. And you do tell me John from a GPP perspective what what is your what is your overall like strategy going into it the construction that people are going to play it's going to be a lot of cheap running backs expensive wide receivers right it's going to be something like people are going to play especially with Christian Kirk who I just got uh, you know word he's going to be a game time decision for week 18 uh but Christian Kirk's 3k Right. We're gonna to have tons of 3K receivers. So, like, if Christian Kirk wasn't like even you know, if they just rolled him out, there's gonna be some other three K receiver that we'd be playing in that spot anyway. Uh, it's gonna be something like Christian Kirk, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and wide receivers. But like this is like the catch game on DraftKings. You're gonna play like Jordan Mason, Zamir White, Ronnie Rivers uh Pierre Strong maybe maybe Zeke maybe like some some cheap wide uh, running back combo some some mid-range tight end Gerald Everett or Johnny Munt or something Tucker Craft some 3k defense like the Bengals and then take your pick of anywhere from 4 to 6k kind of like quarterbacks and
3: like there's your lineup yeah. I think you. the first player you mentioned is the first player that I thought of when I looked at the slate was CeeDee Lamb. Um, and I think you're right. I, I think there are, there's going to be a lot of cheap running backs. Um, and so one thing that I think is definitely true is almost always true on these like end-of-season slates is salary is almost not an issue because we're going to have so many backups playing. Um, and we'll probably get more news throughout today and, and, and tomorrow about what teams you know plan to do, at least somewhat. Um, but you know, salary is probably not an issue. So we'll have plenty of like 3k guys, you know, 3k wide receivers, you know, cheaper running backs. Um, CD Lamb seems like one of the safer plays on the slate uh, just because the the Cowboys have an incentive to win. The commanders actually have an incentive to lose. um, You would think at least organizationally. Uh, And then, um, you know, and the commanders are a terrible defense to begin with. Like even if everybody's playing the hardest or even if, Commanders were playing their their hardest and the Cowboys weren't. You would still think the Cowboys could could run up a pretty big score here. Um, so you I would say that CD Lamb is probably the safest guy on the slate. Um, he might be the player that I own the most of, um, just because salary is not as much of an issue. But there is still an argument like that. Everyone's gonna think that, and he might end up being over um, even though he seems like the safest player on the slate. Uh so Yeah. I think people will pay down at running back. It's interesting. I think uh, Tampa Bay is one of the teams that really has some incentive. They're going up against a terrible Carolina uh, rush defense and um, you know, and they have Rashad white. So I'm I'm kind of interested in spending up for him. um, And that kind of flips the construction on its head immediately um, because you know, then you're spending up a running back instead of wide receiver.
2: Well, let's talk about Dallas, Dallas. I mean, even if you went into, even if you went into the slate and didn't know like who can make the playoffs, who has to win, who, that type of stuff. You can tell just from the, the implied team totals. Dallas has a 30 and a half implied team total. It's like a full touchdown higher than like everyone else on the slate. Yeah. I think the next highest is green Bay at 24. Right. I think that's lions at 24.25. I mean, it's, it's, it's six plus six to seven points higher. Uh, Salary is not an issue on this slate. As you said, we could find value pieces. I know we're the on running theme with you the entire season. I know we don't have the dolphins on the slate, but Ooh, we kind of do. You take the team, you take the team that has absurd point total against the worst defense. They have to win. Uh and if everyone's gonna be playing CeeDee Lamb as it is, if CD Lamb's gonna be like 35% owned. Why not just play Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Jake Ferguson? Why, I mean, literally, why not even play like a four-man stack? Like, I wouldn't even be opposed because salary doesn't matter. Like, feel free to throw in Brandon Cooks. Feel free to play Tony Pollard in the running back spot also in that type of lineup. Play Jalen Tolbert. Play the, play the Cowboys defense also. play. I mean, like, like from a salary perspective, normally we'd say Dak Prescott at 8K plus CeeDee Lamb at 9,300 well, how the hell can we make the rest of our lineup? It's like, well, we got 3K wide receivers and 4K running backs that could, we got 4K running backs that project to have a median of double digits of like 10 and 11. I mean, like like the Cowboys could just come out there and just Prescott throws for 304. CeeDee Lamb has 40 fantasy points, right? And you get, you get enough points that way and let the rest of the field uh, try their luck at figuring out which $3,200 wide receiver goes off in some random game and you just like, nope, just give me the Cowboys. And, and I'm good. Yeah.
3: I, I think if you're playing single entry, like I can I guess actually reasonable because <laughs> there is some certainty there. I, I just to, to uh, put a little footnote on that. We actually do have the dolphins on the Vandal slate. Um, they're including the Sunday night game. So, um, so we actually do have that Buffalo, Dallas, uh, sorry, Buffalo, Miami game. Um, which is like a, a weird distinction between FanDuel and DraftKings, right? They're really mixing up the slates. Like, you, you, the NBA slate is, like, way different uh, tonight. <laughs> but so, um, yeah, so FanDuel, for whatever reason, I don't know why, added that um, that Sunday night game. I bet they – I bet it's a flexed game, and I bet they just didn't know <laughs> what time it was, <laughs> now that I think about it. That's probably the most reasonable explanation. Um, but, yeah, I, I think if you're playing single entry, like I, I'm probably going to end up overweight – Dallas, you know, more than than any other team. Or I'm probably gonna end up playing Dallas more than any other team. But I do think I'm gonna end up like spreading out my exposures. Cause I do like there's just so much uncertainty on this week. Um, and we just have no idea like what what team's gonna go berserk. Um and that's I think that's definitely more true this week than any other week. And so the calls for an in multi-entry, I think, in like the large field, like milli maker type tournaments, um, for really spreading out your exposure more so than you would on normal.
2: Another team that has, you know, that has something to play for, obviously similar, similar, uh, it's in the same, uh, same division is the the Eagles and same, same thing. Obviously the point difference. I mean, it's a seven point implied total difference, uh, but it's one of these weeks where we have tons of value The ownership of Prescott plus Lamb seems to be way higher than Jalen Hurts plus A.J. Brown. I mean, the Eagles are, I mean, the Eagles want to win this game. It's a worse matchup. I mean, the Giants defense is actually competent while the Commanders one isn't. But just from an ownership perspective, I mean, it's hard for me to see at the prices that these guys are. Like A.J. Brown isn't like, you know Jalen hurts has not played as well this half of the season than the first half of the season but it's not like the Giants have anything to play for anyway uh are the Eagles at a similar price are you more likely here here's a better question John if you're if you're pivoting off the Cowboys let's say you've already made the, the distinction it's like I'm gonna fade the Cowboys I'm just gonna fade Lamb I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm going to build a completely different lineup, right? Try to get at max leverage elsewhere. Would you rather build a lineup that has a similar construction, meaning that you're playing Hurts and A.J. Brown instead of Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, or would you rather do something that, you know, take a shot on cheaper quarterbacks and, you know, you're playing something like Baker Mayfield plus Mike Evans Or, you know, Justin Fields plus DJ Moore, even though I think that's going to be kind of a little bit popular. Or you're playing like some of these, like Geno Smith plus DK Metcalf, like Derek Carr plus Chris Olave. Like you're not, because when you play Hertz plus Brown, essentially you're playing pretty much the same lineup as Prescott plus Lamb. Because all the other guys, you're going to have Jordan Mason in your lineup. You're going to have Christian Kerr. You're going to have the same type of construction. You're just with just a different quarterback and a wide receiver. And you just hope that the Eagles are the team that you know explode, and the Cowboys don't.
3: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I, I think like I think you can alternate through these these high-priced quarterback wide receiver pairings, um, even in single entry. Like maybe just playing a handful of single entry teams, and I would focus on the you know the, the top quarterbacks and wide receivers. Like there's going to be so much value uh, that you, you can do that. And yeah, you're just hoping that one of these guys go off i yeah i do think there's an argument that like maybe like maybe jalen hurts and aj brown is the same play as as Dak prescott cd lamb and that you're probably going to see less ownership on the um on the hurts and, and aj brown side than just because of the, the implied point totals um the i think the giants allow like the fourth or fifth most rushing yards per game in the nfl so uh either one of these games also could just end up being like a Tony Pollard or or um, DeAndre Swift game. Um, I'd probably rather play Swift than Pollard. Just like Pollard. I think Pollard's put about twenty FanDuel points over his last three games combined. Um, in pretty good matchups. Uh so we, you know, it's it's week eighteen and we're still kind of waiting for that, you know, Tony Pollard unleashed game. Um, so I'm probably would like lean towards like DeAndre Swift over over Pollard if I'm playing the the running back pivot. Um but uh yeah, I would uh I, I think there's maybe an argument that these are the same plays. And so maybe try to be over the field on, on jail and hurts if he's seeing less ownership.
2: Okay. So what's a game that you, you are targeting that, you know, we mentioned the Cowboys. I think the Cowboys are the chalk. Then it kind of gets kind of gets iffy. I don't, I don't know if there's like, there's a team that just stands out. I mean, maybe, okay, let's, let's talk about this before asking you that question. Let's talk about Minnesota. Okay. Because people are going to be able to play Justin Jefferson. Also, I mean, you could play Lamb and Jefferson. Nick Mullins is fifty one hundred. Uh Johnny Munt is three thousand. I mean, with no Hawkinson there, I mean it's a. I mean, truthfully, it's an easy stack to make, right? Mullins, Munt, Jefferson. I mean, the Lions. I mean, what are they? They They really, what are they playing for? Even though they're the favorites in this game, Uh, how interested are you? In a twenty-one point two five implied team totaled Vikings team uh, on the road to Detroit, which is still indoors, uh, with a chalky Jefferson and like, like I, I think Mullins plus Jefferson may end up coming in even higher owned than Prescott plus Lamb, only because Mullins is fifty-one hundred
3: and Dak is eight thousand. Yeah, I, I, I probably won't aim to be over the field on, on this game. Um, I you yeah, know just. I'm just not a huge believer in the, the Minnesota offense at this point. Um, and I, I think Detroit's maybe not likely, as the line indicates, uh, I think Detroit's not likely to roll over in this game. Um, and they've had a, a pretty good defense. They're playing at home. Um, so, like, the 21-point implied total for Minnesota, like I mean, that's actually just not jumping off the board compared to, like, the rest of the teams, honestly. Like, I think I'd rather play, like, Tampa Bay, um, maybe like New Orleans than Minnesota in this spot, just because I do think Minnesota is going to get some higher ownership because of the names, like Justin Jefferson in particular. Um, and I feel like we've been playing a lot of Minnesota. But I guess they were like the um, the primetime game, like the New Year's Eve night game last week. Um, but it like, seems like we've been playing a lot of Minnesota. Uh, I'm probably going to be under the field on them this week just because I don't expect the Lions to roll over.
2: Uh, so you mentioned two teams there that it seems like you're interested: Tampa Bay and New Orleans. Tampa Bay, you mentioned Rashad White. If you're going to pay up at running back, seventy six hundred, uh, and kind of flip the build, but are you are you interested in a Mayfield stack like a Mayfield Evans Otten? I mean, they don't project as well. I mean, they're on the road to the Panthers, who have really have nothing to play for. Tampa Bay needs to win this game, right? right. But I'm not necessarily sure of how much pushback the Panthers are necessarily going to give them. I mean, I'm me personally. If choosing between the Buccaneers or the Saints, I think I'm much I much prefer to play Carr plus Alave and then play Rashad White, than do the opposite. Like I, I, I almost prefer using Rashad White as the as my Buccaneer guy and play a Carr stack then vice versa although with Tampa Bay needing to win hey baker mayfield has been in uh plenty of winning lineups this year same for mike evans chris godwin also just i don't know that projections aren't aren't as great as i thought they would be for this team outside of rashad white who is not going to be as i think i think rashad white ends up being you know 10 to 10 to fifteen percent somewhere in that range uh but with so many cheap running backs that are going to be available i i'd i'd much rather take that 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 seventy six hundred dollar running back in in lieu of whatever wide receiver would be in that spot and then take shots at more of these like 5k wide receivers that are going to be ignored
3: yeah i think that's that's totally reasonable actually like i always like playing rashid Shahid. Um, just because he's one of those guys just you see him just running down the field, you know, 80 yards. <laughs> for you know, I, I like guys that other other teams um can't catch up to. So I and that's that's something that like breaks the slate, right? Like especially a slate like this where we're we're not necessarily expecting huge days from uh yeah, from these like mid mid-priced wide receivers. Um, you know, if he gets over hundred yards, I, I think that's that's something that you know can be significant on this slate. So I agree. I'd, I'd probably lean towards the New Orleans passing game and the Tampa Bay or yeah like rushing game and, and vice versa um I, yeah I think Derek carr is very much in play I, I like these teams that have something to play for that maybe have a little bit of a softer softer matchups I mean I guess Tampa Bay in particular with the softer matchup against Carolina but tends to be softer on the ground and than, than through the air um so yeah I, I I like both those aspects like the New Orleans uh, passing game and and the Tampa Bay rushing game um and New Orleans maybe without Alvin Kamara which I think it you know, opens up like Jamal Williams, although I think they they have a um, Miller is a, the backup there. If Alvin Kamara misses, I think he would be back. So he'd be in play. Um, but that, yes, yeah, so they could end up leaning on the passing game more. Uh, could end up leaning on Derek Carr a little bit more than they normally do. That probably opens up like Taysom Hill a little bit as well if Alvin Kamara misses.
2: Another team in a very similar situation with a similar team total is the Jaguars. If Christian Kirk plays, he's three DraftKings accidentally left him at three K. I mean, that's obviously a misprice. It's going to make him absurdly popular, but why not just play Trevor Lawrence plus Ridley plus Kurt? Why don't, why not instead of playing Christian Kirk as a one-off at three K. Why not play the stack there? Why don't play Jacksonville? We don't know. Zay Jones may or may not play. Uh, we have at the end there in a very similar situation that, that Rashad white is in Tennessee has nothing to play for tennis. Like the Titans may sit there starters and their starters on defense. Aren't even like, they're like the third string guys to begin with. So God knows what the Titans are going to run out defensively. Uh, Evan Ingram's there at 5,400, a tight end. I don't know how many people are paying up a tight end. This slate. I just like, I look at, I look at this and go, well, Jacksonville, needs to win i mean it is looking to win they could lock up the afc south with a win just like tampa bay just like new orleans like why well, i know i know you know they've they've not looked good the past couple of weeks and they have all these q tags but the ownership is not going to be like outside of like it just do i really want to play a one-off christian kirk or would i rather like if christian kirk does well then probably the rest of the team is doing well also so why don't grab a bunch of them and then my lineup will look fairly different from everyone.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. Um, I think we'll see how much, like, how much ownership Christian Kirk gets if he, if he ends up playing like Jacksonville has really been like questionable the last few weeks, it feels like, um, I think cause Trevor Lawrence has been, um, questionable, like leading up to game day, which we don't always see for like for multiple weeks with a, with a quarterback. Um, but yeah, I, so this is this is an interesting game. It actually brings up an interesting point that we we have like a really hard time in these last you know last week of the season slates, like figuring out what players on offense are going to play, like what players are going to play on defense. We have no idea. Like I I ignore like the game totals this week more than any other week because they and it's true. Like you see, like every team is implied for about 23, 24 points. Because um, we really just don't know <laughs> like, who's going to be playing on offense, who's going to be playing on defense in a lot of these games. Um, so that's why I think it's a, it's a good week to get a sense of projected ownership and just go in the opposite direction. Um, I thought like I thought DeAndre Hopkins has some contract incentives like that are, might be the only ones that I pay attention to. I think it's like seven receptions and 120 yards, something like that, um, where he gets some bonus. So we'll see. I, I don't know if Tennessee is going to be resting their starters. Um, but I would be surprised if DeAndre Hopkins sits just needing like seven receptions for a, for a contract incentive. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is an interesting game to go to. It's just, it's hard to talk about it right now because we don't know who's going to be playing. Um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think it's an interesting game to get to.
2: Here, here's uh, talking about the 1 PM set of games. Uh, well, we'll get back to that. Okay. Game the, I'll talk about a game that neither team has anything to really play for. Uh, so another team, teams that have to play for something. Let's go to uh Seattle against Arizona. This is this is the highest total on the entire slate. I mean, at 47 yeah. and a half, right? The Cardinals, they're gone. They're, there's nothing this I would I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if we get word that Arizona's sitting some people. But uh, but the Seahawks, they 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 need to win, right? Uh the Cardinals' defense isn't good, right? I mean, Geno. I mean, how many people are playing Geno Smith and DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett and JSN? Or, I mean, it, it's not sexy. I mean, this is probably on the same same plane as like Tampa Bay, right? Similar, probably like Geno Smith is sixty one hundred, Baker Mayfield sixty two hundred, right? Evans is like seventy three hundred, Metcalf is seventy two hundred. Like Lockett is in like the like the Godwin spot like from a price perspective they don't rate out like great but this isn't the week where you need that you need to care about like your stack rating out great because if it if it you need a ceiling from it and then you get the value pieces out like playing the one offs like that would be a different story but I'm much more inclined to play a, a stack of a team that actually that actually needs to do something like like if you, oh, DeAndre Hopkins has contract incentive. I want to play Tannehill, Hopkins on Conquo. It's like, dude, I really don't want to get invested in a team that could literally sit everyone at halftime. Like, and that's well within the range of outcomes. Like, I yeah. want to just make sure that, like, the stack at least. You could take shots on one off Some on guys that, oh, what, what happens, you know, it, it, it's very efficient, but then sits. But I look at this and I'm like, like I know Kyler Murray projects well, but that scares the hell out of me to play Kyler Murray in a game that doesn't mean anything, especially as a running quarterback where they may decide, Hey, uh, let's protect him. And right. I mean, I, I could say the same thing for Justin Fields. Cause I think Justin Fields may be a bit popular and I mean, the bears have nothing to play for. Justin Fields may not even be their quarterback next year. But the question is, is that if it's not going to be the quarterback next year, maybe they just let him go out and just show off as much as possible because we're going to trade you at some point.
3: Yeah, it's it's really hard to parse through what's going on. It's like you would think that, like, oh, yeah, Arizona might just roll over, but they just beat the Eagles. Um, so, it's you know, they're, they're clearly not playing for draft position. Um, yeah, like Kyler Murray got hurt, at, you know, last year. So maybe it makes sense to sit him. But Maybe it makes sense to go in into the offseason on a strong note. Um, we, we have no idea. Like Justin Fields, another situation we don't know. Is, and we have, we really have no idea how that would go. Like, do they want to evaluate him some more? Do they want to give him some extra playing time because they have decided to go in a different direction? of just, you know, they want to let him showcase what he can do for other teams, raise his trade value. We have, we have no idea. Um, I would think probably in these situations, I'm just going to play it uh, as if everyone's playing the full game. But I'm also braced for unpleasant surprises. <laughs> playing it that way, I'll say one thing: with the Seattle Arizona game, um, is that both teams I think are in the top three in terms of rushing yards allowed. Uh, so both teams might focus on the run here if they're trying to win, which uh, means that it could you know hit its total, but maybe doesn't. is you know, isn't a game more likely than the others to see like an outsized uh, score or back and forth shootout or anything like that. Uh, both teams might just run the ball here, trying to get the win, um, just because the other team has a bad rushing defense, which maybe lowers the, the ceiling on that game a little bit.
2: My, fa- my if I my, From a GPP perspective, as of right now, my favorite team to stack is the Packers. They have the second highest implied team total. Uh, we don't know who's healthy. That's the problem. <laughs> but Jordan Love, I, I don't see many people clicking on Jordan Love at 6,600. Uh, you combine him with Tucker craft at 3,700 and then whatever receiver is healthy between pretty much Jaden Reed or Christian Watson or whoever, whoever that Davian wicks, who knows who's going to be healthy. They're all questionable. Uh, you yeah, people say the bears have a decent defense. It's like, but I mean, they have nothing to play for the Packers have something to play for. They have the second height. They have the third, because Seattle has the, the second highest, but still, like so many more people are going to be playing the fields, plus DJ Moore, and I just feel like, why don't I just play the team that's at home that needs to win? Yeah. I mean, I'm not even opposed to even taking a shot on on Aaron Jones, especially if AJ Dillon, like if they, if AJ Dillon doesn't play or something like that. The problem with the Packers is that it's scary to play the Packers because, number one, they're not a great team, so they they fail a lot of the times, even in good spots. But number two, sometimes it's hard to determine where the ball's going, and on this slate we already have enough uncertainty as it is. That I'd rather I'd rather <laughs> try to guess the three K receivers and who's going to sit and start. It's like all I know is that the Packers need to win. So let me play. Let me play. Let me no. Instead, of, instead of playing these teams, like I don't want. I don't want to screw around with like who's going to be the top receiver on the Rams with everyone sitting. Like I'm not, I'm not like. Like dude they don't they don't need to do anything. Like they're locked in. It doesn't matter anymore. Like I'd much rather go, well, I may not sh- I may not be sure between these Packers receivers who's going to have the good game. But I know they're all going to go out and try to have a good game because they need to they need to win. Rather than yeah. determine if, if David if, if who the San Francisco 49ers receiver that's going to just be out of the get seven receptions who it's going to be four different guys. At least the four different guys on the Packers are people that like actually have been on the field and need and they need to they need to win, right?
3: Yeah, exactly. I, I like the thought process of looking at it, and and if you're seeing ownership on the road underdog, why would you not just play the home favorite? And <laughs> mm-hmm. Jordan Love's had some pretty big games. Um, he's you know shown some rushing ability. He's got a bunch of games over 30 rushing yards. Um, he's got some rushing touchdowns. So. I I like the idea of of playing Jordan Lovett. And there's always uncertainty with the wide receivers. Or there has been uncertainty with the wide receivers the last few weeks with Green Bay. But, I mean, yeah, you just have to wake up on Sunday see, or find out Saturday night who's traveling with the team, who's healthy, who's expected to play. And that probably is going to lead to a little bit lower ownership. And I think you're right. Like, this game has a little bit more certainty, maybe, than some of the other games. We just don't know what that certainty is. Right now, it's just uncertain as of Friday. But by Sunday, we should know who, who of these wide receivers is playing. Um, and, yeah, this is a game that Green Bay needs to win. So I like that idea. The, the only caveat, again, is that just because this game has certainty going in um, or like just because a team – we know a team needs to win like to make the playoffs. By the fourth quarter, that's not necessarily true. And so I do think you see teams resting, guys, in the fourth quarter of like the last week of the season more so mm-hmm. than in the other weeks.
2: But the point that I was making before over like the cheapies, like especially the cheap wide receivers is that like, they're going to be people this week. They're going to try to figure out like uh, who the top receiver for the Browns is going to be. Is it going to be David Bell? Is it going to be Cedric Tillman? Is it going to be Marquise Goodwin? It's like the team has a 15.25 implied team total on the road with Jeff Griscoll at quarterback. Like it could be any one of these guys, unless the team literally says he's our number one receiver. He's getting 15 targets. It could be anyone, right? So, like, am I going to take shots on on a 3K wide receiver from the Browns? Or, like, we have the Rams. Like, I mentioned the Rams before. It's like, well, is it going to be Ben Skaronik? Is it going to be Tutu Atwell? Is it going to be Austin Trammell? Is it going to be Demarcus Robinson? Like, like, dude, no one knows. And it's not like they're in a position where they're going to probably do well anyway playing with backups. What's Kansas City going to look like without Patrick Mahomes? Is it going to be Richie James? Is it going to be Justin Roth? Like, like, dude, there's so many choices here and it's so easy to get it wrong because you don't know anything. So, like, I'd much rather take a shot on maybe Dontavian Wicks catches a touch at 4,600 than try to, these 3K receivers on teams that aren't good. Now, if you tell me, there's a team that actually is favored to win. Like, like I can see San Francisco, like I'm much more likely to take a shot on Chris Conley at three K. Right. If they, if, if you knew, right. Cause we don't have the news. If, 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 uh, if, we, if we knew for sure that like Kittle, Ayuk, Sam, San, if they were just like, we're sitting everyone. It's like, well, at least the 49ers are a good team with a healthy team total. So maybe I do, maybe I want to take a shot on, chris conley or 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 danny gray because it's a good team but i don't want to take those shots on like it's a because i would look at it people people are going to do that and my response to them would be it's like so you're telling me you've been playing the chargers for the past three weeks and they go no who plays the char who plays quentin johnston and and keelan Doss? and all it's like well that's essentially what you're doing right? Because the Chargers have a 19 and a half implied team total. So if you're not willing to play Keelan Doss, then you shouldn't really be willing to try to take shots on these 3K receivers from teams that have worse team totals than that. And the Chargers, we have a little bit like Alex Erickson. If you're not willing to play Quentin Johnston and on these guys, then you really shouldn't be willing to be playing all the other guys that I mentioned earlier.
3: Yes. <laughs> I I kind of like going to the the San Francisco rams game but i think it is like a multi-entry thing like it's an interesting week to like draw a distinction between like your small field like single entry lineups and like the million maker type lineups because like what if the ram san francisco game just counter counterpoint like nobody in that game i think is like priced over six thousand, or nobody we expect to like be playing the whole game but like, what if that turns into the shootout of the week um like that's not impossible so then you end up with a game where like all of the guys are priced down really low. It's all these three thousand dollar guys, and those are the guys. Yeah, but you're stacking. But John, you're
2: stacking that. I,
3: I'm, I'm, I'm more inclined
2: that if you're going to do that, at least you're taking multiple. You, the whole yeah. point is having to pick and choose. So, like to me, yeah. like if I'm going to go, okay, let, let me take the Rams. I'm just like, no, play Carson Wentz plus Davis Allen plus Tutu Atwell. Like, do something like where you're taking more of them at least. So if oh, they do well, you're more of a chance of getting the guy that gets 30 points for 3K rather than like saying I'm going to play 150 Dak Prescott, CD Lamb lineups and then I'm going to play three lineups with this 3K receiver. Three lineups with that K of 3 creates with this one with three, it's like yeah. dude, you're not going to you're not going to be able to find that. If if anything, just stack make the vomit stack and then just fill the rest of your lineup out with all the best, you know, top projected plays. Cause that stack is going to be so low owned as it is right at two, three K players and a cheap quarterback.
3: You're not gonna have to worry about anything else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I do think it's a week to, to definitely game stack. Like, you know, I've absolutely you know, be stacking your, your quarterback with multiple wide receivers, but then also, you know, use some running, use some run backs from the opposing team. Like it's a week to game stack. And so the games that I'm interested in are the ones that have the, the higher Totals, which is not you know, brain surgery, um, but yeah, I think you can go and make some creative stacks like with like the Rams, you know, um, you know, like use Carson Wentz and, and a couple of the Rams, like backup wide receivers, and make a game stack like that because, yeah, most people are going to be trying to use all of their salary, um, so you know, it's an interesting week to leave some salary on the table, which I, I don't always do. In,
2: because look at this, you could make, you could do a three, you could do Wentz plus Atwell, Skaronic and Davis Allen. You run it back with Jordan Mason, right here. On, and look, you have eight thousand twenty. I mean, essentially, you could just play like the top. You could play Jefferson, Ceedee Lamb, Rashad White, Cowboys defense. I mean, you could, you pretty much do whatever the hell you want here. And you, if the Ram, if the Rams actually do well, you got, you know, you got Ben Skaronic, who's like the Cooper Cup equivalent. And then Tutu Atwell with the the kind of throwing the bombs there. You got a cheap tight end. I mean, like I'd much rather do this than try to decide between which one of these three Rams is going to do well. Is the market like I I I don't want I don't want to be in the business of having to decide of one of like four guys on one team. I, I'll take all four of them on one team and just because in this type of lineup, like let's say Tutu Atwell only gets like eight points. Like, but if if Skronik is sitting there with twenty-four and Davis Allen is 17 and Carson Wentz has 30 points and Jordan Mason has three touchdowns, it's like, dude, it doesn't matter like like, dude, you got the team right, you got the game right, you're good. Like these guys aren't gonna be that owned. That your 30 pointer out of one of these with these Rams receivers is only gonna be one percent on as it is. So you're
3: good. Yeah, and I think you also like you wanna be overstacking, especially if you're multi-entering. You wanna be overstacking because this is the week where teams will just pull the plug in the middle of the third quarter. And so you're, you're going to get some of those lineups wrong, but then some of the teams are going to be playing hard, you know, all four quarters and it might not be the teams we expect. So if you're overstacking, you're maybe capturing that, you know, while you're going to have some misses, you're also going to have some hits um, and those hits are maybe going to go longer than they do on on a normal week because teams will be pulling the plug in the middle of the third quarter.
2: But that's why I'm a little bit more concerned about the Bengals staff. The Bengals have a healthy team total because the Browns are sitting everyone. But. How I, I, I? Browning plus Chase plus Tanner Hudson. I mean, it looks good on paper. But I think the projections are very fragile on these Bengals because. I mean, they don't. I mean, this game doesn't matter. I mean, the game literally doesn't matter. So, like. They could play hey dude, they could play the whole Brandon could go out and just like throw twenty targets to chase right same way that Aiden O'Connell could go out and do twenty one targets to Adams like he did last week, but it's also they could go out and just like just go through the motions and these guys play half the snaps or stuff and like it, like these games don't matter,
3: yeah exactly. Um, I'm not like I'm not super high on Cincinnati. I didn't even realize they had that high of a of a team total, but it probably is just a um, a function of the Browns like sitting their their starters. But like, teams can only sit so many starters. <laughs> like they they don't have like the expanded rosters that they have in, in the preseason, so it feels like preseason like. But like some of these guys are still gonna have to play, um, just because they don't have like yeah they don't have a hundred guys to, you know, to run out there on, on the field. Um, so like I. You have to think that even like the, the Cleveland backup defense is is, is pretty decent. Um, and that some of the starters are going to be playing as well. Um, so I'm not that high of Cincinnati, although it should maybe take another look. I've uh, seen if their applied point total is a, a little bit higher than I thought.
2: Well, this that type of stuff may change. I mean, like yeah. we may see some drops. They may go out and go, the Bengals go, yeah, yeah. We're not going to play. We're not going to play chase. We're not going to do it. And it's like, okay, now their team total just, just plummets. Right. We take a look at this look at the Patriots Jets total. 30 and yeah. a half. Yeah, good luck there. Go, go feel free to stack that game. I ain't touching
3: it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think both those teams are just gonna try to get out of there. <laughs> you we'll know, yeah. the, probably see a lot of rushes. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, that's that's one game I'm not looking too closely at. Um yeah, so we probably just reverse pushed it into the highest scoring game of the week. But even honestly, right. that that would be a surprise. <laughs>
2: it would be a surprise it, it it would be more shocking it would be more shocking if that's a shootout than if they they open the fourth quarter and they're already kneeling right <laughs> like like yeah. the team's just decided 10 minutes to go just we're just going to kneel four to- three times and punt and then the other team just kneels three times and punt, just goes let's just run the clock out as long as possible
3: <laughs> Um. I'm excited about that one because New England is favored. Um, so, and I'm, I'm in the DC area. So I'm hoping the commanders get that second pick um, with, with the New England win. I, I think that pretty much lot, you know, if New England wins and Washington loses, I think that uh, the commanders are, are locked into that second pick, which could be a pretty big deal in a few months.
2: Uh, so you got, you got content coming out. I know we have a Saturday slate. We got two games tomorrow. You have your, you're hitting the nuts. Column, are you going to be continuing to do hitting the nuts for the playoffs?
3: I have no idea. I'm, I haven't thought about it. <laughs> we have that's No idea. Point. We
2: have no. We have no play. We, we don't get told anything. Just to let everyone out out there know know that yeah. you know we we come on shows. We look at the schedule and we go. I don't know. Well, I don't, I, once I see my name in a slot, I take care of it. So like like I'm not sure, but I mean, obviously, on this show, we'll be talking about the the playoff games and everything because yeah. we talk about everything that's going on in in daily fantasy, no matter what. Uh, but as far as content, we do have playoff content here at Road Grinders, right. but you will have a hitting the nuts column, at least for the main slate.
3: Yes. So, um, so I'm actually finishing up the Saturday slate article uh, right now. Um, and then we'll have a, you know, will have a, a optimal stacks like hitting the nuts article for, for the Sunday main slate. I guess I'm kind of presuming that I'll have a hitting the nuts uh, article for, for the playoffs. I'm just not sure if it'll be like optimal stacks oriented or not. Um, or it may just be like, you know, my, my take on the slate, uh, which, which tends to like work better, I think for the, for the smaller slates. Um, so yeah, got the, the hidden multiple hit in the nuts articles coming out. Um, and then yeah, next week, uh, UFC comes back and we got the NFL playoffs going on and then, you know, basketball continuous, uh, throughout the, throughout the month. So yeah. Rocky, be, how about
2: uh, NHL? NHL, NHL,
3: NHL. Yeah. And golf golf's even back this week. Uh, so yeah, it's, you know, getting to be a pretty packed uh, calendar for January,
2: and they hit in the nuts. People only want their nuts hit in in, in NFL. Are you
3: going to be? Are you going to be doing NBA hitting the nuts? No, I do. You have yeah, to I turn that really, into um, your
2: brand. You have to do squirrels nut nut hitting.
3: You I'm pretty sure there's it. a. I'm pretty sure my NBA article is hitting the nuts branded. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I do uh, you know, a couple times a week. Yeah, do that article for for NBA, although it's not. It tends to be more just my take on the slate and uh, we tend to orient it towards the smaller slates where you have to go a little bit more into depth with like the rotations and like the backups and like, you know, is it worth playing the backup center in the same lineup as the the starting center kind of questions you get on like a two or three game NBA slate uh, compared to like the the massive like Friday slates where it's just um, more of like expert survey uh, lineup HQ blurs.
2: And that's for premium members. So click on the link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. You also get access to Sim Labs, right? We have that for uh, for NFL regular season, right? So you can build your Week eighteen lineups. You don't need Lineup HQ. You could build lineups through our simulations. That come. That's not an extra charge, right? So all the stuff that you see in the Top Stacks tool, all the stuff you see in the the Showdown HQ, all of that that is built into Sim Labs. That is what Sim Labs is, and then you get to decide how do you, how you want to weight certain variables and it spits out lineups for the field size of contests that you're, you're playing based on our projections and our ownership that all should be competitive lineups. That's a better way to putting it. They should, they should, most of them should be plus EV, but it will show you based on game simulations, based on our projections, what lineups, what constructions, like, can I play, can I play these guys together? Can I not like what which constructions show up more than others? Take advantage of it, and and a little birdie has told me that that next week or soon, maybe I shouldn't say next week because I don't know, but soon that, we'll get that for NBA. So you'll be, you'll be able to build NBA lineups in Sim Labs. The problem, John, is that you're going to build them, and then uh, an hour later you're going to have to rebuild them. Like that's and yes. it's, always understand in NBA that it's at the time of the projections, this is what's in the simulations, but you know, at 6:58, when someone gets ruled out, like, like you might as well just throw it all out.
3: Yes. But I'll, I'll add that. I think there is a lot of value in looking at this stuff repeatedly and seeing how the stuff changes consistently, depending on the slates. Because then when something changes last minute, you have a pretty good idea, like conceptually of what you should be changing. Um, that kind of comes with, with experience. It's like, and I think the Simlabs product is particularly good at like you just open the main page and start showing you like optimal versus like projected ownership, and that gives you some idea of like you know and you can you can even look that like we have the we've talked about like, we have this for MMA we don't have it in Simlabs we have like the optimal um, you know behind the paywall we have like the optimal percentages and the projected ownership and seeing some of the consistent differences there I think like leads you in the right direction. So that even when there is a last minute change, you kind of know in your head, like, oh, like this guy is still going to be under-owned or maybe this guy is going to be even more under-owned than he was previously. And I, I think making those kind of like last minute adaptations that other people can't make is actually how you you profit at TFS. Um, so I, you know, I think it's, right. a, it's a product that's well worth the money. Yes,
2: and it's part of our premium package. It's not an extra, extra, extra add-on. Same for our props and pick package. If you don't want to play DFS anymore after NFL, but you still want our, our statistical projections for props and pick feel free to use our props and pick package. It's obviously cheaper. But that also, that's part of our premium combo package anyway. Get everything, right? Just because NFL is kind of winding down, we got playoffs coming up. John mentioned all the stuff that's, you know, MMA, PGA, NHL, NBA, MLB, we got what eighty-one days until MLB is back. We got we got uh, college, still got college basketball, right? We it, there's always there's always a time. There's always stuff going on every day, and that's why I'm here, right? I'm here Monday through Friday at eleven o'clock Eastern, talking about all things you're thinking about in daily fantasy props and pick'em on Roto Grinders
1: today.